Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, everybody? Steeler Nation, we are back for a new week of football. I am JY. This is the Steeler Crazy Podcast. And I am here with this gentleman, this great gentleman, the sports all black <laughs> himself, Mr. Michael Nicastro. Are you ready to talk some Steelers football? There's a lot to talk about. I like that. Call me a great gentleman. I don't think I've ever been called that in my entire life, but but I'll take it. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I got my pit hat on today. I'm repping college football. It's about to yeah. start this Saturday as well. We are just about to be absolutely swamped with football, which is amazing. A good thing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So on that note, drum roll, please. Sammy, bring us in. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Aaron Smith, Shields, Blacko, Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment. Like no other, it's going to be sick. Man, again, that never gets old. Shout out to our guy, Sammy. Um, So we're just going to jump right into things. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as you called it before. Um, How about that offensive line, man? I'm not going to uh, single anyone out because I think it was abysmal for uh, everyone that was on that line. I just didn't see much. Um, Obviously, Kendrick Green um, just really hoped that he can find it. Um, like I said, I think I said in the first episode of Steeler Crazy that my it's going to take time. I don't lose all faith. It's still preseason. Does it look pretty bad? Yes. But, you know, hopefully the fellas can get it together. And I, I still keep the faith. Like you said, I'm not going to jump ship. But by week six, midweek of the season, got to get it done, man. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll single somebody out, and he's the guy on your screen, and he's probably not going to call me a great gentleman like you called me because I'm singling him out. Uh, However, I think everybody in Pittsburgh is well aware by now of Kendrick Green's struggles. Last year was really tough for him, and I gave him a pass, you know, really gave him a pass because he was a third-round pick, had never really played center before at Illinois. He was a guard there, uh, and he came in and immediately thrust into the center position where he's snapping the ball to Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger in his first season as a, a third-round pick. I mean, come on now. Like, the pressure that comes with that when you haven't even played that position is monumental. So I give him a pass for last season. Uh, obviously, the Steelers signed Mason Cole, so they wanted to move him back to his natural position at guard. And it hasn't gone well so far. It just hasn't. And because he was a college guard who started that position at Illinois – 
your expectations for him are here now, right? They're a little higher, even though when he was a center, they were probably down here. So it is the preseason, but preseason is when you need to prove yourself, especially when you're fighting for a starting job against Kevin Dotson. Listen, if Deontay Johnson goes out there and drops a couple of passes, we're all saying whatever. It's the preseason. If Najee Harris goes out there and trips while he's you know running and fumbles the ball, yeah, it's not a great look, but it's Najee Harris. And we're going to say, whatever, it's the preseason. But when guys that are fighting for jobs who need to step up and show that they can be solid contributors, not just this year, but for a long time for the Steelers, are struggling in the preseason, you don't just have that whatever, it's just the preseason excuse anymore. Kendrick Green was bad. Mike Tomlin said that he uh, you know, got on him pretty hard in meetings this past week. So I would assume that you know he's going to come out with a real fire this week against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. But for now, it's on Kevin Dotson's shoulders to uh, kind of take that left guard spot and make it his own and prove that he is just not, uh, you know, one-year wonder because he had that great rookie year. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche either, but I, I really think is the offensive line room just needs to kind of take it one day at a time. Um, obviously, they need to improve drastically, but – like you said, man, it's going to take one person to step up and yeah. you know, really get them together. And they also haven't played all, you know, together. There's a lot of changes. Mason Cool's it, it it takes time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Everyone, you know, is a fan from the outside looking in can say, yeah, it's easy. But this is the NFL, man. This is, you know, I don't know the statistic, but I think there's like a thousand people that play in the NFL. So you got to be one of the best in the world, basically. So it's it's a tough business and we know that but um so let's go on the other side of the ball the run defense uh it continued to struggle um i remember watching when we played the chargers last year and that yeah, game to me that's when i really realized like it was it was just bad it was it was that's when i was like okay like this is a serious <laughs> serious problem you know like the offensive line this year so i just kind of wanted to get your take on that because you know, I think that the defense is the strength this year, um, but there's always going to be weaknesses. But hopefully you can find those weaknesses early enough in the season, preseason, um, yeah. and, and work those kinks out. Bro, I remember that Chargers game well. It's Sunday Night Football. Uh, Justin Herbert, Chargers quarterback, ran down their throats. Like, Justin Herbert is yeah. not Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson out here. And I think he had, like, 75 rushing yards. He might have had more in that game, which is absolutely insane. Uh, that, that showed that obviously the interior of that defense was not able to contain him. And once again, we're talking about Justin Herbert, a, a pocket passer. The Steelers ranked dead last in the NFL last season in rush defense. I have never, I never thought I would utter those words watching this football team for the two decades I watched when I was, you know, old enough to understand what the heck was going on uh, from the year 2000 to about 2020. They were always an elite rush defense. If you knew one thing going into a game is that they were going to stop the run first uh, and make the quarterback beat them. Last year, they could not stop anybody. I mean, literally anybody. Dalvin Cook on the Vikings, I think, had 1,100 rushing yards against them in one game. Uh, and unfortunately, obviously, there were some injuries that you could point to. Tyson Alulu was out. Uh, he's the run stuffer at, at nose tackle that – uh, it made a big difference because they were rotating guys like Henry Mondo in there and Montrevious Adams, who's now hurt. Uh, but injuries are taking a toll again, I think, at this point. Montrevious Adams hurt again. Alulu is still working his way back. Uh, who knows what you're going to get from Larry Ogunjobi. Cam Hayward was down and didn't play last game. So 
really it was just kind of our guy Chris Wormley out there uh, on an island a little bit uh, with you know some Steelers who are, are fighting for roster positions like Henry Mondo. So we'll see. It's not pretty right now. I think another key piece <clears throat> is that they didn't face two good rushing teams. They faced the Jags and the Seahawks. Like no. the Jags have Travis Etienne, who's not known as a, a real bell cow. He's kind of a receiver out the backfield. And it was, it was ugly all around. There's no way to sugarcoat it, man. And it's got to get better because the AFC North is stacked Nick Chubb with the Browns, Joe Mixon with the Bengals, uh, JK Dobbins making his way back with the Ravens. Dude, I, I don't know. I throw my hands up in the air, kind of like you did last week on this uh, podcast and, and say, Something needs to be fixed, or this team is is they're going to be under five hundred. Don't tell that to Mike Tomlin. Yeah, true. I mean, listen, I, Las Vegas, I think might be giving out free money again. Last year yeah. they had the Steelers at like eight wins. I told everybody they were going to surpass that. This year they have them at seven and a half wins. Las Vegas does. Do they not know who Mike Tomlin is? All this guy does is find ways to get over five hundred. Some people would be like, "Yeah, that sucks. He needs to win more Super Bowls." But he's always in it until the end. Take your free money at Vegas. Hammer the Steelers over seven and a half wins. He's going to find a way. The team is better, I think, than last season. But we'll get into that another time. Yeah, also make sure you put in uh, Chris Wormley over 10 sacks. um, Because he (laughs) he out of training camp with me. So I have the faith. So let's move on to another shining star of the Steelers, Mr. Kenny Pickett, our guy. I mean, is this like, is this going to be like a storybook, like Pittsburgh, you know, this is just, it's just honestly everything, you know, being a pit guy, I'm just so happy just watching him grow. But I mean, the dude just goes out there and does, does he have ice in his veins like Joe Burrow? He just seems so cool, calm and collective and everyone in the locker room just speaks so highly of him, how he carries himself. I mean, it's just so easy to root for this kid. And, uh, you know, I know that we can go back and forth. I think that Mitch is going to start the season, but I think that they're going to have Mitch on a short leash. Um, I I say week five, I think Pickett takes over. I tell you what, I'm repping my pit hat, not just because college football starts soon, but yeah, our boy Kenny Pickett showing his stuff. It feels like uh, a movie script, a Hollywood story, like Vince Papali for the Eagles. Remember that movie Invincible where they threw Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, uh, playing the dude who was a Philly guy his whole life. And then he had a, a tryout with the Eagles and ended up playing special teams like you. This is a little different. Pickett's not a Pittsburgh guy originally. He's a Jersey guy. But listen, yeah. he's a 4 one or now. I, I don't know what you would call a movie if Pickett were to start it, though. Maybe Click It or Pick It or something yeah. like that. That's, that's, that's not bad. I'm going to go with that, yeah. All right, well, Click It or Pick It. Uh, buy your Pickett to a Steeler game. I think that ultimately – he is going to be the backup, like we said, entering the season. I think he could go 30 for 30 with 600 yards and six touchdowns uh, on Sunday against the Lions, and he would still enter as the backup. Yeah, Trubisky's leash is short. It was always going to be short. I tweeted today that it shouldn't be this huge breaking story that Kenny Pickett is you know, essentially on Mitch Trubisky's back for that starting spot. That was always going to be the case. It didn't matter if Pickett looked bad. Uh, and Trubisky looked like Joe Burrow this offseason. Yeah. They signed Trubisky to be a bridge quarterback. They drafted Kenny Pickett because they knew he was the future, and Trubisky was a bridge quarterback. So that's not going to change. It's just simply not. Now, maybe originally they had intended for Kenny Pickett to come in in game five or six, and maybe now he'll come in in game two or three. That could be the marginal change. 
if ultimately uh, Click It or Pick It does enter the fray a little bit earlier than we thought. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And and this is the whole thing, too. Like, everyone's, like, so worried about, you know, getting the quarterback situation. It's good to have three solid quarterbacks. Like, if Mitch goes out there and lights it up, then Kenny waits maybe till next season to start. Like, you know, you, you never know what could happen. I mean, is, is Mason Rudolph, if he's still on the team, you don't – injuries. I mean yeah. – Everyone like in in something that I know just from growing up in sports, and I'm sure it relates to NFL or any level of sports is competition. Friendly competition is only going to help elevate each of those players. Like you don't think that Mitch is rooting for, you know what I mean? Like vice versa. Like, I mean, it's competitive. Everyone wants to be out there and be the starter, but that's only going to bring out the best. And, And for the quarterback room, I think that that's great. I don't know how friendly it is for Mason Rudolph right now, ultimately. Uh, I don't think yeah. he's feeling like uh, butterflies and roses. But to your point, three quarterbacks seems like a lot, but it, it's the most important position in sports. Yeah. So if you can have a luxury third quarterback, hell, why not? Look what the Browns did this offseason. They didn't know Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended 11 games. They were operating like he was going to be suspended four or five, but they added Jacoby Brissett. They added Josh Dobbs, former Steeler, who I, I think is is a really quality third-string quarterback. They picked up Josh Rosen, yet another quarterback who I think stinks, but whatever. Um, so they have three or four quality quarterbacks uh, on their team based on, uh, you know, who's, who's um, you know, analyzing them. So, yeah, it does happen, right? And you mentioned this offensive line. They make you sick. They might get somebody killed out there. And if you're down to two quarterbacks – you're going to need, obviously, a backup there, just like when it was Ben, Mason, and Ducks. So, yeah, man, hopefully uh, the offensive line can pick things up and these guys can stay healthy. I still think there's a 50-50 chance Mason Rudolph makes a team. I think it increased today, actually, and I shouldn't say makes a team. He's going to make the team. I think there's a 50-50 chance he opens the season on the roster because he could get traded. Um, but now with the release of Chris Oladokun, I think it might have gone up to like 70-30 that he's going to be on this roster and not get traded because you need three quarterbacks. Yeah, so I seen uh, – I think it was the other day they asked Omar Khan, uh, and he said that he's keeping all three. Do you think that's just smoke and mirrors, or do you think that that's – you know, that's – Yeah, good question. He's got to say that, bro. Like, he, he can't be like, yeah, I think yeah. we're going to trade Mason because you lose leverage in, in trade talks, right? And with the chance that you – don't trade him, even if he's like dead set as hard as trading him, then you can't come out and say something like we're looking to move him and then he stays on the team. Uh, yeah. Look what happened with like a Baker Mayfield with, with a Cleveland, right? Like not that the situation is that comparable, but what are you going to do? Make the guy unhappy and then he's forced to stay with you. Jimmy Garoppolo, another, another situation. 49ers would love for him to be backing up Trey Lance. I get why he doesn't want to be there, but they kind of ostracized him. The Steelers shouldn't do that with Mason Rudolph. Omar Khan's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Wants to create some leverage, too, there, even if they are trying to trade him by saying, hey, we're not we're not giving him up. And maybe a team that would have offered a six-round pick is now going to be like, let's sweeten the deal. I'm going to throw a fifth-round pick in for Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I like it. So this is the first time that we did this, and this is the first segment of Steelers <laughs> stuck up and stock down. I feel like Bob Barker. Come on down. <laughs> so I'm going to name one dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Um, so we're going to start off. Benny Snell. 
Oh, man, we're starting right on a rough patch. So Benny Snell, it's interesting. Initially, right when the game started, I wanted to say stock up. I wanted to say stock up because he started the game for the Steelers, which tells me that he's still in contention for that backup running back spot, even though it was reported a few days previously uh, by a Pittsburgh outlet that Jalen Warren had overtaken him in the pecking order. So initially, right when I saw him come out, I said, that's just not true. Then why wouldn't Jalen Warren be playing with the ones if he's the backup? So I I said, all right, Benny Snell, stock up, still a backup running back. But then I watched him again. (laughs) Benny Snell, up the middle for one yard. Yeah, there's a reason things turned somber uh, right after I said that. And I think he had one carry for minus three yards. Yeah, Kenny Pickett made a nice play, found him on the run. He scored a touchdown. But I'm hoping what this was was the staff, Mike Tomlin, Eddie Faulkner, giving Benny Snell a chance to reclaim that number two role over Jalen Warren because it looked like, you know, the the Benny wasn't playing the first couple games. He was a bit dinged up. So I think they wanted to say, hey, listen, if Benny shows out, maybe it's not as easy as to just hand a backup running back spot to Jalen Warren. He didn't show out. He didn't play well. So I think maybe it was a, a situation where they now can have a decisive outcome and Jalen Warren's going to be the backup. So stock down. Yeah, I agree. And I really do like Jalen Warren. So I'm hoping that he makes the team. Okay. Miles Jack. This is another interesting one, man. He looked really good. He had that huge hit. Uh, and listen, when you're playing with Devin Bush, who's still really struggling right now, it's easy to look good. Uh, so I think he was stock up just a little bit. Uh, if I had to, to give a percentage a point, I would say like 3%. However, uh, Pro Football Focus rank gave him like a 46.3 rating, which is just terrible for the game on Saturday. But they're often terrible too. So, yeah. um, you know, no free marketing to PFF. So, I think his stock is up a little bit. It was cool to see him playing back against his old team in Jacksonville. Uh, played played pretty well. Showed that he has good instincts again, good speed. Still very strong guys. He's crushing people out there. So stock up just a little bit. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to go with Canada's own Mapletron, Chase Claypool. Yeah, shout out Toronto, man. Good, good call there, eh? Uh, Chase Claypool up for me. Wanted to see him healthy. He was. Wanted to see him develop some chemistry with Trubisky. He did on the first series. Really nice catch downfield. I think Chase Claypool is a forgotten man in this offense. Everybody's talking pickings. Everybody's talking about Deontay Johnson's new contract. Claypool has so much talent. We saw it that first year with Big Ben when he was awesome. Last year, he admitted he was immature, didn't take the game seriously enough. He's going to bounce back, stock up a bigger percentage of Miles Jack. I'll say maybe like 15%. Yeah, I mean, I really think he's he's a talented individual. I just think that it was all mental last year. So now that he kind of yeah. got a few years, it's it's ready to rock and roll. And then our man, man, this dude, thankfully, is coming in at the right time, Mr. Mark Robinson. Yeah, man. This is a dude who was drafted late last season, didn't get a chance to make much of an impact on the field because the Steelers had – a healthy Devin Bush. They signed Joe Schobert. Uh, they were working with Ulysses Gilbert still at the linebacker position. Mark Robinson's getting a chance now, and he's showing out. 
Uh, he's showing out so much that there are some rumblings, at least on social media, which means nothing really, that you know he's making the seat warm for Devin Bush. And, and I mean, that would obviously be a, a fatal blow to Devin Bush if he's replaced a guy that you traded up for in the draft, uh, 10 spots or whatever, to be replaced by a late round draft pick in Mark Robinson uh, yeah. would be a nail in the coffin for him with the Steelers. But the good news is if he has to be replaced, Robinson has looked excellent. If nobody behind Bush or Jack was playing well, then you're a little bit more worried about Devin Bush's status. But Mark Robinson, man, if Miles Jack's stock is up 3%, Claypool's 15%, Mark Robinson's up 50%. I'm investing in him. I'm buying him. Do not sell or trade. He is Apple right now. He is on fire, and he's only going to keep getting better, hopefully. Yeah, stamp it. It got your approval. So speaking of um, linebackers, um, we have a little giveaway that I just wanted to announce. Yeah. So the winner of the James Harrison signed football Stacy Bauer 22. So I'll tag you. And uh, we're going to be, we're, we're linking up with a bunch of places, and uh, there's going to be giveaways every week. And, and that's what we do. This is for the fans. This is to give our insight, um, bring you guests, uh, current, active, Super Bowl winning Steelers on the show, and just break down every week and, and include you guys and get opinions. So we're really excited for this season. Like I said, this is a new era of Steeler football. Life after Ben. Uh, this is the Steelers Crazy Podcast. It's the number one podcast ever. Do you have that James Harrison football behind you? You can go yeah, grab it and show it off to the fans. There we go. See that now. That's what I'm talking about, Stacy. You got to check this out live and live in color. The man, the myth, the legend. Let's see that autograph. There you go. Bring it that way. Showcase it. Give us a Vanna White. You were talking about Bob Barker earlier. Man, that's it. Great so it's in a case, but yeah, I mean. Steeler Nation is the best nation, and this is the best. Well, this is the sickest Steeler podcast. So yeah, you said we're gonna be breaking it down, and and listen, if they play well, we're gonna be breaking down too. We're gonna be we're gonna be crying. I'm gonna be tears of joy. You know how we are, man. People yeah. say all the time, you can't be in the media and also be a fan. That's a load of crap. Because listen, we're rooting for these guys as humans. They're mm-hmm. our friends. So we're rooting them for them to do well. And guess what? When they do well, our clicks are up. Our views are up as well. So you're darn right. We're always rooting for the Steelers around here. We're biased media. I don't care what anybody says. Definitely. So we just want to thank you guys and make sure you subscribe. I'm at Jordan York Music. This is Mike Up Sports One. And this is another episode of Steeler Crazy, a sick production. Hey, Sammy, play that awesome thing. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.